The football pads are out again, baby. Let's go. Plus, Amanda's icy reception on Emerald, a plan gone very wrong. Ladies showing some leadership, friendships falling apart left and right. And of course, we get the full, and I mean the full Kyle experience, all in the span of one single episode. What a legend. It's the challenge. Spies, lies, and allies. Episode 15 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe, then, well, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very much for being here with us today on today's podcast. It is All Things Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 15, which has to be said, was a great freaking episode. We kept saying uh, kind of the whole way through the season as it was going that even if we hadn't seen a lot of fireworks yet, that we thought it was setting up for a bunch of fireworks late, which is a little sometimes backwards of how these seasons goes. But we're certainly getting them now here in the final stages of the game. It's fireworks after fireworks and a lot of good episodes in a row here. And this one certainly really high among them. A great, great episode. Big episode. Lots to talk about. We will get to it all very quickly. But first, smart people keep tidy home. So we, of course, must cover any housekeeping notes. We will be back later today or possibly already out, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm filming Wednesday night right after the episode, but that means I'm only an hour or so away from All Stars 2, episode 2, debuting on Paramount+. Plus. So we're going to be back Sometime later on Thursday, early afternoon Thursday, with our recap of that. If you are not watching both seasons right now, then, well, I don't I don't know why the hell not. Um, I don't know what you're doing, but both are showing up and showing out. And I, for one, am loving this double challenge goodness and the clip of uh, the behind-the-scenes clip from All-Stars 2 that we got at the end of this episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. We proved anything. Uh, it's that this next episode of All-Stars 2 is going to be amazing. So... Uh, just as amazing as this Spies, Lies, and Allies episode. So we'll be recapping that as well. Whatever season you're watching, hopefully it's both of them. We've got you covered on those recaps. That will be the third pod of the week. This one you're listening to, obviously, the second. The first of those was, of course, the review preview pod yesterday. And on that pod yesterday, uh, we made sure to bring up and spend a little time um, and push you to go watch uh, the video that was posted by the challenge legend, all-around legendary guy, Leroy, where... After many years, he wanted to speak out on the events that took place on Dirty 30 and the racist behavior he was subjected to back then. Um, if you haven't seen the video yet, please, uh, I think it's well worth the watch. It's available on his Instagram, at um, Roy Lee the Barber. Uh, it's going around all all kind of challenge Instagram, challenge Twitter, social media. So you can probably find it pretty easily, but the easiest way, Instagram at Roy Lee, the barber, and that will get you to the video. Um, and I think it's well worth the watch for every challenge fan to listen and learn from and, you know, listen to an all time great guy talk about a very serious issue, um, a very unfortunate thing that happened back on that season. And I encourage you to, you know, kind of remember back to what you may have thought or felt if you were watching that season live as I was, and I'm sure most of you listening to this are probably, you know, long-term challenge fans. It, it 
has been a few years since that season, but it really hasn't been all that long. So I'm sure a lot of you were watching. Think back to how you maybe felt or acted or talked about that in that time and just, you know, take the time to always be bettering yourself any way you can, certainly when it comes to serious topics like this one. We can always all learn a little something more, uh, get a little better, improve ourselves, and uh, hats off to Leroy for speaking out, speaking his truth, and uh, it's a great, it's a it's an important video. You should go watch it. So with that, three pods uh, this week, three pods will be coming next week as well. Also, my pitch for the best possible season the challenge could ever have should finally be ready to upload to YouTube by this Friday or Saturday. Is uh, I'm... I'm making very much like Kyle, who we're going to talk about a lot this episode and promising this for like, I don't know, like the fifth time. But I swear, like Kyle, I am going to come through one of these times and this is the one. So that will be out as well. A bunch of content coming as always. Follow the Instagram at Challenge Historian if you want to make sure to not miss anything, be alerted to anything and everything going on in our little world over here. All right, let's get into this kick-ass episode, shall we? Like we did last week, we will be doing our Cliff Notes recap first. We'll follow that by kind of a, a free-form discussion on anything worth discussing from the episode, and then we're going to hand out our usual awards and do our power rankings, add some predictions, all the stuff we normally do, just a little bit more free-form than we did to start the season. Sound good? Hell yeah, it does. Let's go. Alrighty, a lot went down on this very, very good episode. Episode 15, where I... Didn't really, I mean, I knew we were super late in the season. I've openly talked the last couple recaps about, you know, we've only got so many eliminations left and whatnot. Uh, but this was the episode where it really, really hit me, where I was like, oh my God, we're like about to see a final. This season's about to be over. That's incredible. I can't believe it. It always goes so fast. It goes so fast every single time. So it goes just as fast as this recap's about to go. We got our Cliff Notes recap. A lot happened. We're going to cover it all here as quickly as we can, talking fast as always. So here we go. Everything that happened, episode 15, Spies, Lies, and Allies in three, two, one, and we're off. Amanda gets a very icy reception from Emerald, notably from just the guys who who would have guessed that but Casey steps up with some actual leadership skills and tries to get everyone to play nice and work together meanwhile Tori leads a ruby meeting to take the lead and build morale she's ready to wreak some havoc but her new teammates may have given up too much hope a little too long ago to ever be able to bring it back Amanda and Josh then have a chat he requests that she get up and run with him every morning the way Tori would and she's like nah dude I'm just gonna take care of the puzzles you do the running next day CT and Josh both get some hill runs in without anyone else joining them both looking in top form ct even notes how good a form josh looks to be in ct then meets with tori to hatch a plan to help the ruby team win the next daily all things pointing towards ruby and it's mission time it's called boom raiders kind of a three-way hall brawl there's three trenches that converge in the middle in rounds guys or girls for a set amount of time one player at a time runs through the trench to another team's spot and steals a stick of dynamite from that other team brings it back to theirs the first to get 20 sticks into their own bunker wins now things start out great for ruby sapphire's helping them and with the numbers advantage it looks like they're going to be able to pull it off that is until kyle oh kyle makes a crucial mistake or was it on purpose and goes for sapphire one time which pisses off ct pisses off everyone they all start yelling at each other and they all decide let's gang up on ruby let's let sapphire win that 
is pretty much what happens. After Tori and Casey have some big collisions, Josh and Kyle do some collisions and some fighting. Emmy continues showing how badass she is en route to her bringing home the victory for Sapphire. They are the agency. Back at the house, Tori tries to talk to Josh and Devin, but it just leads to Devin yelling at her a bunch. She leaves the conversation very upset, pleads with Kyle to not pick Devin if he is, in fact, the one sent in. Next up to chat are Kyle and CT. And boy, does it get loud and interesting very quickly. CT makes it known they are, in fact, not friends. He is pissed about Kyle's, quote, mistake in the daily, and he wants to make sure the whole conversation is loud enough for the whole house to hear them at the nominations. All the guys plead their case. Devin claims to have gotten literally every single person in the house to this point in the game. That's a claim. Kyle knows he is likely to pick and makes a Hail Mary effort to say that he is going to join Sapphire if he wins, but that doesn't sway their vote at all. They end up choosing Kyle. Tori and Emmanuel share possibly their last cuddle. Josh puts on socks with Fessy's face on them, and Amanda lets Kyle know to think about his baby on the way and not his friends when making his selection in the layer. At that layer, Kyle sees something not very physical looking, but something to do with balance or speed, and he wants to know part of Emmanuel if that's the case, so he picks Josh. They play Burning Bridges. You have to jump off a platform and hit a bell in the air if you hit the bell you get to pick up a plank climb up onto your bridge put that piece of plank on your bridge and then do it all over again if you miss the bell you don't get a plank it takes 16 planks to build your bridge to get to the other side and hit the buzzer to win the race is an absolute barn burner they are neck and neck the whole time i don't think anyone ever leads by more than one plank a real test of endurance and when it's tied at 15 to 15 they get to the last time they got to jump for that bell. They've both missed a dozen times at some point throughout. But on that last crucial one, Kyle's able to hit. Josh misses. Kyle takes home the victory. Josh is sent home after arguably his strongest season to date. Meanwhile, Kyle takes Logan's spot on Sapphire, like he said he would, rejoin CT and Emmy, much to their chagrin. And that is where our episode ends. Whew. Told you it was a lot. All right, now. We have recapped all of that. We're back, refreshed. We know what we're talking about. We know what we just saw. We relived it all very quickly. Now, let's do it again a little bit more slowly. Let's move in and talk about the noteworthy items and the noteworthy storylines and strategies and moments from this episode. Things worth discussing from this episode. Obviously, we will get to a lot of Kyle here um, throughout. This was a very... Kyle heavy episode, the full Kyle. We will talk all about that, but a few things to go through first and no particular order here. Let's start with this. Amanda's plan is kind of working brilliantly somehow. <laughs> um, I'm not exactly sure how or why, but it it is. Uh, we left last episode. Amanda chooses a new team. We start this one with a very icy reception um, from Emerald Cell to Amanda, notably the guys as usual come in and just talk shit about their female partners. Uh, it's been a kind of a theme of this season, unfortunately, um, and sometimes pretty unfairly. But uh, in this instance, they have icy reception from her. But uh, Casey shows the real leadership a few times in this episode that we'll discuss where the ladies of this season shown all the leadership abilities when sometimes the men cannot. And Casey steps up and says, you know, let's little team meeting sans Amanda just to get everyone on the same page. Why, like, why would we do anything other than welcome her with open arms? She does have a lot of strengths and we should still be the best team. We should still win. And now we're going to win with her instead of Tori done. Good. Everyone on the same page. Great. And it seems like everyone is, but then they eventually throughout the episode prove that maybe they are not. So that's already working. Then we get later on Tori, Devin, and Josh are all 
at each other's throats or Devin and Josh are at Tori's throat a little bit. That's what Amanda wanted in the first place. Eventually Sapphire and Ruby, the two whole teams go from working together to being totally at each other's throats and not even caring anymore about Emerald cell. That's exactly what she wanted the whole time. Amanda just laughs. Her plan is just, is just working brilliantly. Um, and again, I'm not exactly sure how it, we started the episode with, I know you wanted to be on the best team, but that team doesn't really want you there to, by the end of the episode, she's just laughing at all the other people getting all their little fights and having all their problems. And she's looking like she's in a much better position. Um, so hats off to Amanda. The plan is working. Second thing, Devin, Devin, who throughout the first half to really two thirds of the season, we, you know, he was a, frequently in the best strategy awards nominations. He was frequently being talked about for how much he was kind of running the game, pulling the strings of the game. He was kind of the leader, the de facto leader, or at least spokesperson of the Emerald cell. Once we switched to the cells and it feels like he might be losing his grip a little bit here. And even more so by the end of the episode, when his you know number one ally on his team and Josh is sent packing and you know, that, could have a big ramification for Devin, who on that team, uh, you know, maybe he's not so tight with Casey and Nani once Devin or once Josh now isn't there to kind of hold that that crew of different people together. He was kind of the fulcrum of all the relationships revolving around and with him not there. That might not be good for Devin. And also the two things in the episode, we see one the right after the mission, the whole the going at Tori for Literally for the entire thing, the only the only thing he can say is that you plotted against us to win a daily challenge. How dare you on a guy's day try to make us lose the daily challenge? And it's like, yeah, she's on the other team. She says it repeatedly like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to explain, but I'm not on your team anymore. I don't want you to go home, but I can't afford one of my guys to go home. I would like to win and have them be safe and my team stay as strong as it can because I'm not on your team. Um, and it, it doesn't get through to him or Josh really. Uh, and he does a bunch of yelling and telling her stop, stop lying, stop, stop a bunch of stuff. Um, but it seems like maybe he's just for the first time this whole game, he's been sitting so pretty. He's been in such control and power is losing a little of that and is just kind of letting some steam off and maybe not exactly in all the right directions. He then also in the nominations says, and I don't think I have this full quote written down in the notes. Let me triple check that I don't. Um, he said, well, after there's a long part of it. And the part I had written down is quote, I've put everyone in this room on the same level as myself. And prior to that, immediately prior to that said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, but pretty accurately, I am the reason every person in this room is still here. Uh, and he says every person <laughs> and, that's a hell of a statement to try to say that every single person in this room, every single one of you, some of which I've had plenty of hand in throwing into eliminations, all of you, which I have defeated and actively tried to defeat in daily challenges, not, you know, there's still a couple rookies left in the room. We've been fully against the rookies the whole time. I've just, I've said other veterans names to say every person in the house is there because of you. I mean, you know, it's the stuff we love. It's very entertaining. It's very fun. Uh, but 
Probably not true. So he seems to be maybe losing a little bit of his grip on the game. And now, especially with Josh going home, uh, that Emerald cell is just, you know, it, it it's getting weaker and weaker while the other teams either stay where they are or get a mildly stronger here or there kind of just swap <laughs> in this case, just, just swap players, just swap good players. But, uh, they, you know, things are definitely, we leave, we'll talk team power rankings at the very end here, but, uh, you know, we're we're getting a much more even race between these three teams now, especially compared to you know two weeks ago. So then, next thing to discuss: CT sightings. Ah, so many of them too. Turns out, you get a lot more CT, you get a lot better television show. Who would have thought? Never, never would we have thought that CT, you know, doing his thing, knowing that at this stage of his career. That not only is the best strategy for him to just do his thing, stay in the background, keep his hands clean, keep everyone liking him, and just waltz to the final where he'll whoop everyone's ass. You know, no, no, no shame there. Obviously, it, it leads to victories. So keep on doing it. And he knows his stature in the show. They're gonna invite him back every single time he ever he can do this show till he's freaking 75 years old. They will keep giving him the invites, um, even if he spends, you know, the first two-thirds of the season until he's forced by sheer small numbers of cast members to be involved. He will just stay in the background and stay out of sight. Um, but the more CT, the better we get a, a good amount of him. We get, you know, anytime CT puts the pads on, I mean, come on anytime, any of them put the pads on, but anytime CT puts the pads on. All right. That's a point of viewing. You could have got me to pay-per-view that daily challenge, which we'll talk about very soon here, but that was great. Him and Kyle, we'll talk about that conversation in a moment, but we get a lot of CT there. We get CT working out. We get CT plotting with Tori. We get CT getting pissed off in the Daily Challenge and yelling at people and winning and holding the power. We get a lot of CT. It makes for a lot better show. And uh, here's the hoping the next couple episodes we get a lot of CT the last few episodes of this season. He's going to win. We'll talk predictions again later. But as we've said, every episode this entire season, 15 episodes and 16, because I think we even predicted it before on our preview He's going to probably win. Last thing to talk about before we do daily and the layer is Tori. Tori has a whirlwind of an episode of sorts. Uh, we start off. She's now on a new team, Team Ruby, and she comes in hot. She is ready to boost the morale. She's ready to take the lead and ready to build Ruby into something that hasn't been thus far, and that is a winner. She's got the cape on, which is hilarious. She's got a full red outfit. She's got the glasses. She's painting everyone's fingernails red, doing the whole thing. And yet again, similar to Casey on the Emerald Cell, the only one with some showing some real leadership skills over there. Ruby Cell hasn't had a lot of, you know, Corey, Corey gave effort. It just was not received well by his team at all. So shout out to Corey. He did. He did show some some decent leadership. Wells. it, it didn't work out very well for him, but he was trying. But Tori and Casey, the two showing the leadership skills on this or, you know, putting in the effort to try to boost their teams back up. She has this whole meeting. And, uh course it ends with kyle with uh quote of the week nominee and uh we are going to talk about kyle extensively here in a moment but saying you know you've been here five minutes we've been here five daily challenges which kyle you were on one of the other teams for a little bit there but we get what you're saying um it's there's not a lot of hope and uh eventually it turns into that she makes the plan with ct uh also very good so good leadership to start good start with her new team good planning with ct also very good and should be noted we have pointed out throughout the season this is I think the fifth time now we have seen maybe fourth. I don't want to put a number on it without really thinking, but I'm saying fourth or fifth going with maybe even fifth time. We have seen Tori and CT one-on-one talking strategy and game. And we've almost never, 
to my knowledge, seen them in front of others talking. And that's why we've hypothesized all season long. Is there, are we going to get to the last eliminations before the finals, which we are now there. We have one male, one female left, assuming there's no big twist from TJ. Probably will be. Always seems to be these types of seasons. But uh, is there a chance one of them at the very last minute is going to say, hey, I need to go in that elimination because uh, trying to trying to partner up with that person there before that final. Who knows? But another another nod to the fact those two have some sort of respect for each other or definitely are, you know, lean on each other for some counsel in the game. Everything's going great until. You know, she puts the plan together. They go to the daily. We'll talk about that in a moment. It goes to shit. She gets yelled at during the daily. She gets trucked by Casey during the daily. She delivers another a hit back and hits to some other people, to be fair. Uh, and then she gets yelled at by her friends some more back at the house. She's left in tears. Thankfully, she still has her cuddle buddy there. But a big, big Tory episode. A lot of a whirlwind of emotions for her, you know trying to pep talk her team, cuddling with the man well, crying over her friends, yelling at her for arguably no real reason. So side with her on that one, as we talked about when we spoke about Devin, Uh, but just going through it all, delivering hits, taking hits uh, all across the board. Uh, Big episode for Tori. Now let's talk the daily challenge itself. A plus absolute a plus amazing obviously big callbacks not just to it being a version of a hall brawl but a team version of a hall brawl but also callbacks as we noted last week when seeing this on the next week on a callback to the last elimination before the final in rivals when it was ct and adam versus uh johnny and tyler uh you know dig the trench in the ground Double, you know, dual trenches in this case, three-pronged trench running into one. Put those pads on, run over each other, trying to get to the other side to grab something and take it back. Everything about it's great. Everything about it's great. There's nothing to say other than this was an A-plus challenge. That's its grade for sure, A-plus. Then, great plan going in, you know. CT and Tori, they work it out well in advance. When we get there, we'll see what it is. But, like, we only have three. That's going to be tough. We'll try to help you win. And everything's going great. And then Kyle, 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 what are you doing, my guy? What are you doing? It's as CT will say as they're yelling at each other after he makes his mistake. I don't believe any of this. It's fucking colors, bro. It's green and blue. It's not that hard. We're standing over here. They're standing over there. We're blue. They're green. You're going for green. You're going for them. This is not hard. Even if you accidentally turned the wrong way, yet when you got up here, you could have stopped and not picked something up and just went back in and went down the emerald one and grabbed one from them. What are you doing? Um, now, with that all being said, agreeing that this is a complete and utter boneheaded mistake by Kyle, should they have gotten so mad? In the end, uh, their plan, if they would have just said, Kyle, that was we're going to remember that. That was fucking stupid. But everyone get back on track. If you everyone keeps going over there to green and that's the only time that happens, plan stays in and we'll deal with this after the fact that you were a bonehead yet again. Um, there's there's certainly an argument for that. But I think part of it was not only just it was the built up frustration of this not being the first time Kyle has made a, quote, mistake like this. So even if this one was truly a mistake and he actually seemed to actually feel bad about this one. 
Um, you know, it not being the first time with his track record, even on this season this is the third time now he's done something of this nature that is, you know, eventually basically cost his team or the alliance he's working with, whatever the power they were seeking or the plan they were seeking from working. Um, it makes sense. They get so mad. They're like, nah, F this. Um, and I think CT, especially the moment the Emerald cell realizes just because they're pissed at them doesn't mean that we now really have a chance at coming back and wins. It just means that Sapphire could instead of Ruby. And we think Sapphire will automatically pick Kyle and Ruby's probably picking us. That was obviously their plan from the start. So let's help Sapphire. I think CT cal- is calculating all this as he's yelling at Kyle and the other team and he ain't having any of it. And, uh, you know, Tori tries to plead their case. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. Nelson tries to, and they're like, no, everyone just shut up. Blue's going to win this. So that's kind of how it goes. Um, other notes on the actual, the, the physicality of it. Look, it, it was in the, uh, we saw it, I believe in the, maybe even the very uh, preseason trailer, definitely the midseason trailer. And certainly the next week on, we knew Tori was going to get real amped for when the football pads came on and that Tori was going to take a big hit. And we assumed without knowing that if, any of the other females was delivering this huge hit on Tori. There was a very good chance it was going to be Casey. And guess what? It was Casey. Casey's worn some football pads before. Wouldn't you know? And Casey is more than happy to lower the hit stick and lower the boom and run into some girls in those pads and truck some people over and get super physical. She loves it. And she performs incredibly. She rocks Tori uh, to Tori's credit. They then uh, she gets up. They run up, they each grab a stick, they come back, they got to go at it again. And on the second one, it's a draw. They both knock each other flat down. It's one of those we run in and both fall back. So 1-0-1 for Casey. One victory, one I'll call tie on those two head-on collisions between the two women that last episode we saw kind of half-jokingly wrestling a little to see who's the strongest in the house edge towards Casey now after after this battle so they have their little mini battle Josh and Kyle uh after Kyle makes a mistake Josh is all upset about everything and uh he is calling out Kyle and guess what it doesn't the end of the episode maybe doesn't go his way but this one goes his way he lays Kyle out Big time crunches him right to the ground, steps right over on top of him. Uh, then similar to Casey and Tori, they meet a second time. Josh, who could have just ran right through. He was ahead of Kyle getting to the dynamite stick, kind of pauses, waits, is kind of peering, not getting too low in the trench so he can see and is trying to time up and yell at Kyle. Like, here we go. Round two, like, here we go. And they meet and they kind of, they don't even really run into each other. They're kind of both going slow to make sure they meet each other in the middle. And after Logan bumps both to get by, uh, they kind of just wrestled to the ground the second time around. So not a huge hit the second time, but all in all, wonderful, big hits all around. Everyone's laying the uh, the smackdown. And Emmy, the final thing to talk about in the Daily Challenge, Emmy, an absolute machine showing the physicality for the second time now that she's got to, you know, put on the pads back. We had a couple a daily few daily missions ago, getting to show her stuff, wrestle, make some hits. Proves it again, and secretly, we'll talk about her quote at uh, during quote of the week. She was nominated for, you know, asking TJ at the beginning, like, "Hey, wait a minute, uh, 
how am I supposed to get go against everyone else by myself? Uh, which he, you know, politely responds, ah, it's too bad. Uh, but uh, she handles it like a champion, and it is secretly an advantage. While they go in thinking, you know, it's the first challenge, and we've been asking for it, that having the most people wasn't an advantage in this one, assuming the people you had had the endurance to go repeatedly because, especially on the female side, it's like, all right, Casey's laying the smackdown in here, but her team's got three, three women. So, and they have to alternate. They have to go. So she's only going one out of every, every three times on the Ruby team, Tori and big T they're swapping it out. So Tori's getting to go a little bit more on the blue team. Emmy's right up there with the best of them in this one. And she gets to go the whole time for the women. And so she proves she has the endurance to do that. And once that's proven, it's like, all right, well, Big advantage them then getting to have their best possible person just go and go and go and go. And then same thing on the male side when it's like, hey, it's CT and Logan. They're both holding their own in this really, really well. And it's just the two of them versus three people having to rotate through for Emerald. So uh, they actually, the smaller numbers certainly helped them. It also helped that this was a challenge very much built for, you know, CT is going to be really good at this. Emmy's going to be really good at this. Logan proved he's really good at everything uh, athletically. So uh, all very good for them. They get the win. Let's talk about the layer now. The layer. Uh, good game. We'll start there. We got to give the grade. We're gonna call this one a, an A minus. An A minus. We're gonna give an A minus. Really, really good. Uh, not quite. We're not gonna put it in those top two tiers. Not quite A plus or A, but very good game. A. Uh, as always, um, this one, well, without any puzzle necessarily element, it did have a mental strategic element that in that the bell swinging back and forth, having to time it up, having to bring in similar to what we talked about on last week's elimination, the ability to tell yourself in the moment, calm down, be patient, be smart, and move at the fastest pace that allows you not to make mistakes, not just try to go as fast as you can and make those mistakes, miss that bell over and over and over, which they both have their fair share of misses. Um, but really, really good game all around. An endurance one is good, especially when it works out and it actually comes down right to the end. That definitely aids it. But overall, A minus, that's the score for the game. Now, let's talk the choice for Kyle. Should he have picked Josh? Uh, we may or may not discuss it in best or worst strategy, but, uh, this was very, very smart from Kyle in the end. Um, one, you know, going through his four options, he has not picking Nelson. Uh, you know, you walk in there, you see, all right, whatever this is, there's, there's a bridge or like platforms and bridge of some sort. It has holes in it. Uh, we're, we're pretty clearly and obviously not going to be putting our hands on each other. So it's not going to be some physical fight, some strength based thing. looks like there's a ladder. There's a pile of fucking wood on the ground. There's a bell way up in the air, whatever this is, speed, agility, balance are what we're looking at. Nothing where we're wrestling each other, anything super physical. So you look and no big puzzle that you can tell at least. So you look up and you say, you know, Nelson is on my team. Uh, and hasn't done anything wrong by me this whole game. And definitely from a speed or endurance standpoint, you know, is just as good as the rest of us here and the heart and everything else. So I don't want to go for him. He's on my team. Okay, good. That checks out. And then not wanting to go for Devin, uh, you know, because you want to prove that you can actually be loyal to someone that checks out as well. And when it comes down to a Manuel versus Josh, as he had it, yeah, if you're just picking between those two, if you're not willing to go a Nelson or Devin, nor necessarily should you, there's an argument maybe you would want to go against a Devin in this one. Um, if you can 
deduce that it is endurance as much as it's speed or agility or anything else, maybe. But if you want to prove your loyalty, I get he's not on the table. So between Josh and Manuel, you see something that's not physical and that looks to be speed, balance, agility, whatever it is. It's something to do with those. Yeah. I'm not going for the professional dancer. I don't care if he's a rookie. I don't care if he hasn't been in there. I don't care anything. I don't care that Josh is in the best shape of his life and is uh, is as CT calls out uh, when they are both working out the one morning is like looking real good, looking like a way better competitor than he's been in the past and is in amazing shape and definitely has got the endurance on his side. He's still just a way bigger dude than Emmanuel, and he's still just not a professional dancer that has great endurance and balance and agility. So, yeah, perfect. The best choice Kyle could have made in this circumstance, and it certainly eventually would work out for him. Uh, only other notes on the layer is the bell swinging was certainly the linchpin of all of this. It's pure endurance, yes, but if the endurance is pretty even, it pretty much comes down to who can be smarter about how and making sure they can go, you know, the closer you can go to 16 for 16, jumping and hitting that bell, the better. Um, hard to tell with the edit. It seemed like it was pretty even across how many times they each missed. And maybe Josh missed once or twice more. Cause it seemed like Kyle was maybe near the end resting a little bit more down at the bottom. Um, so maybe Josh missed once or twice more. Maybe he just missed that last one, that crucial one when it was tied, but bell swinging linchpin. My only question with that is from a strategy standpoint, you know, I love to kind of hyper analyze, like what would I do in this situation? Uh, you know, with the hindsight of watching them do it, of course, and having all the advantages of having seen it done and knowing exactly what it is and getting to think about it before press and record on this podcast. But, uh, my only, my only thought that of any of them could have maybe done better is both of them. And especially Josh, when they were hitting it, were smacking the shit out of that bell and maybe they didn't fully realize at the start because I didn't, or maybe it's just one of those, you know, not being explained to us all the way through as usual at home that the bell was about to swing all the way around. And that was going to be the really hard part, but Josh in both of them, but Josh especially is smacking that thing and making it swing really, really violently. And I wonder, it was hard to tell because they were both kind of standing on the edge and just doing a two footed jump, trying to time it versus the run and jump, how difficult it was to get the distance needed. But is there anything to be said? Was it going to be too hard to ask? Could you try to be a little more gentle and kind of like tap the bell and not freaking smack it out of the air, but try to be as gentle as you could. So it doesn't, you know, wiggle around quite as much probably would have been too much to ask, but that's my super high level, super duper analysis of like, what is the absolute best strategy? If you've got the skill and you can run out, jump there and just tap it a little tap and keep it, you know, not moving much in the middle. That'd be your best case scenario. That might not have really been an option though. Finally, then Kyle just, he just wins shit, man. His heart, his endurance, it just, it should never come into question. And smartly and thankfully, no one really questions it on this episode or anything like that. He goes in because he, you know, he gets called out because he had made that mistake or whatever. No one, well, no one's rooting for him. No one is out there saying, like, how is Kyle doing this or anything? We've seen from his first season on, from Vendetta's when he made that final and everyone was like, how is this party animal going to run a final? And then, you know, he ends up getting all the way down to that final four, that final puzzle in the end of that, nearly pulling out a win. And he's, you know, dying out of breath the whole time, but he never stops. He just keeps going and going and going. And we've seen it in elimination after elimination before. We've seen it in multiple daily challenges. We've seen it in other finals that he has made on Total Madness. He just keeps going. And his his heart, his endurance, 
can never ever be questioned in any way. Um, and there was definitely moments where it felt like maybe he was kind of mentally checked out this whole season. It's kind of felt like, I think the idea of having a child is weighing on him. Probably the, just the fact that he's been on so many seasons in a row and spent so much time in these houses is probably weighing a lot on him, but, uh, could have went either way. You could have stopped that mid elimination and told me, Hey, Kyle's, he just doesn't have, he, he doesn't want to be there enough anymore. He kind of wants to go home, wants to see Vicky and the child that's about to come into the world any day now. And, you know, he just, you know, he wants to go start living that life a little bit more. Uh, goes the other way. He's like, I gotta, I gotta keep going for this kid. There's a kid about to be here and it's mine. And I got to keep going. Hats off to Kyle. The man, the man never quits. And speaking of Kyle, let's quickly run through the full Kyle experience that we got this episode. We start off with, uh, you know, he makes a major mistake <laughs> that pisses everyone off for the third time this season. Uh, you know, the not jumping off the leap of faith back in the daily challenge that Ruby should have won. Would he have taken the leap of faith back then on that, uh, whatever that challenge was called four five, six episodes ago, um, earlier in the season, he drops Devin and one of the first challenges, his number one guy, when they were supposed to be working together during that daily, uh, everyone gets mad at that third time makes a major mistake, pisses everyone off. Classic Kyle. He, then he gives throughout the entire episode, as we'll talk about soon enough, he gives great quotes throughout. Of course, he's nominated for quote of the week. He is almost every week. It's impossible not to. He could have five nominees a week if he wanted because he's just perfect in the confessionals and even in the field. Everything he says is entertaining and hilarious. It's why he's so good at this show. Um, so he gives great quotes the whole time. Another classic Kyle move. CT tells him that they are not friends. <laughs> he has a discussion about whether he and someone are friends or not, which pretty brutal by CT. I kind of sided with Kyle of like, Hey, I get that you're like mad at me right now, like in the game, mad at me, but like we talk about our families all the time. We talk about life. We've literally bunked like in the same bunk bed with each other, like how many seasons in a row now? Like, and we've both made it far in all those seasons. Like we've spent a lot of time in bunk beds together. Like, come on, dude, we're friends and CT isn't having it, but Devin is still Kyle's best friend. So that's good. So he's got one best friend. He lost a friend in CT, even if now they're partners by the end of the episode, because of course they would be. And that's how Kyle does these things. Um, he gets real sad, but also real motivated. We kind of talked about that. He's very open about being a snake. One of the all time great things about Kyle is yes, he is a snake. Yes. He does some people dirty, but also yes, He's very open about that, and he just wants someone else to be as open as he is and to acknowledge that they are also snakes right along with him. Another classic Kyle move. He then wins an elimination when no one wants him to. Everyone is rooting for Josh in the whole house, basically, maybe except for Big T and Nelson, who would like to see Emerald just lose just anyone or anything, uh, but they're not really cheering all that much, so no one's rooting for him, and of course, he wins uh, that one. And then, you know, the only thing we really say that uh, to get full circle Kyle is he doesn't get to shag anyone, but that's because he has a committed relationship at home. So short of that, this is the full Kyle experience, the full Kyle episode, everything we could get from him, the good, the bad, the the dumb, the impressive, the heart, the will to win, all of it all rolled up into one. And of course, all the great quotes. So with that, speaking of quotes, let's go ahead and end this segment. That's all the really things of notes, the storylines worth talking about. We'll touch on a few more by way of handing out our hardware and talking through our five awards for the episode. So let's get those trophies out and let's hand them out. 
Five awards to hand out, same as always, in same order that we always do. Let's talk strategy first, and we're a positive people here, so best strategy up. First, four nominees. The first one, Casey, for, as we noted earlier, being an actual team leader and knowing that it would probably be best if they, you know, welcomed Amanda so that everyone worked together and tried to keep winning. That would be a good thing for their team, so good on her there. That was a good strategy, even if her team still slowly kind of starts falling apart. Tori, also good strategy. Same thing, trying to rally the team, going in with the right attitude. I'm on a new team. They haven't been doing so well. We can change our fortunes. Let's go, folks. You know, hats off to her for giving that, even if it eventually doesn't work out so well, but still good strategy from her. Kyle, great strategy, picking Josh. It was the right move. It worked out for you, and it's not just playing the results. Even if you would have lost, uh, it, it was the right it was the right choice to make out of the options you had. And then also, fourth nominee, joint nomination between CT and Tori. Your original plan going into the Daily Challenge, it was good. And also, CT, it was smart to switch and take that win for yourself. That's also good. Then no matter what, you're safe just in case. You never know. Never know. You don't You don't want to put the trust in Kyle's hands after all that, even if you trust in Tori. But so CT, Tori, their original plan was good. They're nominated. Kyle for picking Josh. Tori for trying to rally her team. Casey for being a leader on her team. And we're going to go ahead and... <laughs> We're, we're just going to keep this Kyle-centric episode even more Kyle-centric. Kyle, you get the award for best strategy. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty confident this is the first time that has happened. Congrats to you, but also you're going to be nominated for worst strategy. So let's talk that one. Worst strategy, Kyle, how do you mess that up? Again, how? It's green or blue. It's CT standing on one, and Devin, and Nani, and Casey, and Josh, and Manuel, they're standing over on the other. You know all of these people. You know them very well. You know what they look like. You know who they are. You know what the color green and the color blue are. How do you mess it up? So we're a strategy, Kyle, for completely messing up the uh, daily challenge, which they would have won and kept him from elimination, even if he ends up winning it. Uh, still not good strategy. The other nominee for worst strategy, there's only two. The second one is best friend of Kyle, Devin, going off on Tori the way that he did and kind of for no real that good of reason is just pushing an ally away. And now you just lost your biggest ally and Josh, um, your team's getting a lot weaker and you for kind of for the, with the only reason being, Hey, you tried to beat us today. You plotted against our team to win the daily challenge. Not cool. You're supposed to let us be safe. You're supposed to let me and Josh and our team be the safe ones. Um, you're just pushing away someone who is still willing to work with you or be your ally. Not a good strategy there. So Kyle and Devin, and this this episode's all Kyle. Uh, he might very well literally be the first person to ever sweep all of these awards without actually knowing who's about to win the next three. He's won the first two. He gets the worst strategy of the day. He also had the best strategy of the day. It was a Kyle episode all the way through. Now, best moment, five nominees. Uh, we'll just outright say both the layer, the the elimination itself, and the daily challenge itself. When they're when they're in the A range, they get nominated. They're great moments. It's what we want to see. We come to this for a show and a sport, or at least a lot of us, like myself, enjoy both kind of pillars of this franchise. And so when the sport aspect is great, it just makes the show 
that much better. And when you mix a good show with good sport, it's the best of both worlds. We got a lot of that this episode. So the layer or the elimination itself, the daily challenge itself, both nominees for the best moment, as were within the daily challenge, the Casey Tory collisions were great. The Josh Kyle collisions and just the the animosity that was going and the the attitude that was going into that, all of it, all of it was great. So the daily challenge maybe in total should all win because the fifth and final nominee for the best moment also is related to the daily challenge. And that is every single episode, we almost follow the daily challenge almost always has the exact same uh kind of setup to it as far as the, how the episodes constructed in that we get to the daily challenge tj explains the game and then there's a commercial break before the challenge we actually start the daily challenge and immediately out of that commercial break we have one of the cast members in the confessional re-explain in a little bit more layman's terms or maybe fill in a couple gaps where we didn't get all of the rules from tj quite yet uh and like explains it out that happens i would think every single episode pretty much um and on this one it happens and big t delivers it and Big T1 is just, as matter of fact, like, I'm, I feel like the, she thought, or maybe the producers were like, hey, you're, you're talking to a fifth grade class. This is elementary school class. That's who you are. That's who our audience is right now that you have to re-explain this game to. She goes very matter of fact, very slowly, succinctly through every single part of the game, and they match it with a bunch of like changing graphics, the picture in pictures going from here to there. She's moving to different sides of the screen and they make the whole thing actually look like, I feel like I actually was back in like third, fourth, fifth grade watching some explainer video on something, but the whole thing, it just made me laugh in a, in a really, in a good way. I'm not laughing at uh, big T or them. I just, I thought it was all great. And since they do that every single episode, I thought them having kind of a little fun with it was awesome. So big T explained the daily, the Casey Torrey collisions, the Josh Kyle collisions, the Daily Challenge as a whole, the Elimination as a whole. Those are your five nominees for best moment. And we're just going to go ahead and say the entire Daily Challenge, basically four of the five. They kind of roll into one. The collisions, Big T explaining it, the Daily Challenge in general. Uh, for once, it doesn't happen super often, but that that segment of the show was as good as any others, and that whole the whole thing is one big moment. was awesome. So, again, A-plus Daily Challenge. That gets that award. Kyle's technically a part of that, so technically three for three. On to best quote. One, two, three, four, five, six nominees. Five, five and a half nominees. Five and a kind of throw on here. Um, first nominee, Kyle, of course, uh, explaining that as Tori tries to rally their team, get them all pumped up, right, as a newcomer to the team, as we mentioned earlier, he's got some news for her about the length of time he's spent on the team and they have spent on the team compared to her. So let's hear that from Kyle. Tori's trying to make the best out of a bad situation. But Tori, you've been on Ruby Cell for five minutes. We've been here for five daily missions. Trust me, it's hell. Nominee number two is Emmy. We also referenced this one earlier, but in the field, always love an in the field quote of the week nominee. And at the end, TJ explains the game, and Emmy is like, uh, hey, Mr. TJ. Uh, one question for you. So what was that question? Emmy, let's go ahead and hear it from her herself. Mr. TJ, how am I going to fight against one, two, three, four, five girls? Oh, oh, uh, that's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's my problem. Got it? Yeah. Then we've got CT 
during uh, his confrontation with Kyle, I'm going to call it a confrontation, not a conversation, because it certainly was confrontational, uh, they intermixed with a lot of good confessionals from both of them. Uh, but at some point, Kyle mentions, you're throwing me to the wolves here, something to that sort, which he obviously hasn't picked up on. And it took me a while to pick up on that the Sapphire team considers themselves a wolf pack now and does a lot of howling. Um, but CT it wants Kyle to know he's not being thrown to the wolves. He's currently sitting with a wolf. So let's hear CT explain that himself. We're not friends. talking anymore. We are friends. We are. I don't trust Kyle. I never have. This is a kid who tries to act like we're buddy, buddy, we're working together. He thinks that he's going to, like, butter me up, save me to the end, and then when he has to, whoops, he's going to throw me to the wolves. Wrong. I am a wolf. I've always been a wolf. You're then we've got a Manuel who... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's been a vampire theme with him throughout the season. He's mentioned drinking blood a time or two, and usually when he does, it's a pretty great quote, and this one was no different. He expecting to be called into the elimination wants Kyle to know via confessional, of course, just exactly his feelings on the situation. So take it away, Emmanuel. Bro, you really want this? You really want to go home now? Okay, I'll send you home. I'm ready to drink your blood, brother. I've got to know if this dude has, in fact, at any point drank blood. If he makes the final, it only makes sense if TJ, uh, he's going to get to drink some blood, is, is, my, is my bonus prediction that I'll throw in right here. If he makes the final, I think TJ's got to, even if it's just him, but whatever the eating, drinking, disgusting portion of the final that there always is, there, there was going to be some blood in play. And, Emmanuel, you're going to get your wish. And also, bonus on top of it, we got to play Emmanuel right after that. Once Kyle doesn't pick him, calls Kyle a chicken, and we've got to say pitch-perfect chicken impersonation by Emmanuel. So let's hear that, too. Kyle got scared, and that's why he chose Josh. And our final nominee for quarter of the week is Kyle again after winning... He senses a little bit of a, a negative vibe in the room, in the lair, uh, post his wind, and uh, it reminds him of a, a different type of setting. Let's hit, let him take it away and explain that. Good job, Kyle. Good job, Josh. Apparently, there was a funeral up there because everyone went dead silent when I won. I thought I was at wake. Everyone was just quiet going, oh, my God, I'm going to miss Josh. What about me? I, I'm in agreement with him. It certainly... Kind of felt like a funeral in there. No one, no one wanted to see Kyle come back on that one. I think it was more so everyone just didn't want to see Josh go. Um, and even we here who have, you know, had our opinions about Josh over the years have to certainly say uh, he won is, we got to give him credit, in killer shape. Not just the best shape of his life, just killer shape overall. He's definitely working his ass off to, you know, be the best version of himself on the shows physically. So shout out to him for that. It was, you know... it's tough to see him go tough to see how emotionally gets about it as, as everyone would be, as I certainly would be about, you know, losing any time on this show. So tough to see him go, but we got to name a quote of the week and you know what? We're just going to keep this perfect sweep going. Kyle's going to win quote of the week too. You could pick and choose. I've been here for five minutes. We've been here for five missions or apparently there's been a funeral, whichever one you want to go with Kyle, Quote of the week, four for four, and let's go ahead and make it five for five because our MVP of this episode, of course, is Kyle. Obviously, no, no, 
big discussion to be had here. The only other people receiving some votes just to give them shout outs. Casey, for sure, for the badass hits, the showing up in the daily, and also for the leadership skills shown. CT, the more the better. We'll say it again. Finally getting a good amount of him. He'll get a vote or two for MVP. Amanda, the storm that she started is paying off. We talked about that. That earns her some votes. Tori, very, very heavy involved in this whole episode so she gets some votes but it's kyle kyle's the mvp and kyle is the first ever five time winner he was nominated in all five awards he takes home all five awards with the kind of you know asterisk there on the best moment but he was a part of it so five for five hats off to you brother kyle bringing it home now let's see if he can bring it even cap that further by moving up our power rankings. We shall see. Let's dissect those now. Let's cap this all off with an update to our power rankings and our predictions before we head on out of here with the power rankings. Teams first, we're going Sapphire, Ruby, Emerald. The tides have 100% turned and... I'm thinking that both will mention in the predictions. I predicted it was going to be individual, not teams in the final. I think I'm wrong. And I think this is going to be a team final. And if the final started right now, I'd probably pick Sapphire. Um, even with a one less person or two less people than Emerald. And I'd probably pick Ruby second over Emerald. And if I had to decide who's going to, you know, be able to win these last two dailies and keep power and keep the people on their team, uh, I feel like I just I'm putting Sapphire first, and mo- a lot of that has to do with CT. A lot of that has to do with Emmy really showing out yet again. Um, and then on the Ruby side, you know, now we got we got a, re- a pretty solid team over there. And the Emerald one, now you've lost. You know, Tori's gone to another team, replaced by Amanda, who brings strengths to the team. Um, but you know, you're kind of swapping out strengths there, strength for brain strength. Um, but maybe not someone you're going to be working with as well. Now you lose Josh, um, and don't get anyone coming in to replace him. And he was your strongest guy physically when it comes to the final, you know, probably gonna have to carry a bunch of weight at some point, probably gonna have to eat a bunch. You just want as many people as possible and people willing to put it all online, eat whatever they're, they're looking not, not so great now. Um, and yeah, Sapphire, Ruby, Emerald. Now as for the individual rankings, males first, did females first last week coming off of male elimination. Let's talk males first. Your six in order. There's 12 people left, six each. CT, Nelson, Kyle, Emmanuel, Logan, Devin. Devin is free-falled all the way to the bottom. Reasons for these. CT seems to be in, in the best shape, and if he's in the final, I'm picking him to win. And it seems like I don't see any way, even if you know if his team wins the next, the last male daily, uh, he's not going in. If they don't, uh, no one's picking him. It seems like at this point, no one's no one's even going to call him out. And if they do, if if whoever wins has the courage to finally, at long last, at least take one chance of him losing before the final, uh, you know, he, I like his odds of beating someone. So he's number one. Nelson, I think, is going to avoid this completely. If his team's on the chopping block, I think Logan's going to get called out before Nelly T. So that's why I feel like he's in a better position. Kyle. Being on the Sapphire team, I just think Sapphire is going to find a way to win that last male daily potentially and be totally safe. I could be wrong. Emmanuel in fourth, Logan in fifth, Devin in sixth, and that's just because I think uh, if Green, if Emerald doesn't win, Devin's going into that last elimination for sure, almost for sure. Uh, Manuel, potentially the two of them joining each other, um, 
but the two rookies and then Devin, I just think those three are kind of, it's kind of two tiers here. We got CT, Nelson, Kyle, Emmanuel, Logan, Devin, as far as who I think is the most susceptible to maybe going into that elimination. And then also thinking who would maybe have the best odds of winning with their team in the final. Then on the female side, we got Casey holding down that top spot has essentially the whole season. Tori number two, Nani three, Emmy four, Amanda five, big T six. It does feel like uh, there's a chance depending if Sapphire were to win the next daily on this last female day that we might get a rematch of Amanda and big T. Um, it feels like, you know, if they don't, Sapphire doesn't win, you know, Emmy's the only female on her team. So if, if there's only, you know, if I guess if Ruby wins, there's at least four women that could end up in the last elimination. But if Emerald were to win, there's only three of them and one of them's a rookie. Um, and so you're probably ended up in there again. So she's a little lower, even though I think she'll probably could win that elimination yet again. And then I think Nani, Tori and Casey are in a position now where they're very unlikely to go into elimination and are in a great spot. Were they to run the current final with their current teams? I could see and Nani's a little below those two because I could see her getting called out before Casey or Tori, but I could also see Tori or Casey maybe taking a shot at each other if one of them wins to say, you know, maybe I should send you an elimination just to see. Maybe you'll lose. Who knows? But at this point, we ain't going to end up on the same team. So, you know, I might as well take my shot as many times as I can because you're my strongest competition in the final. So Casey, Tori, Nani, Emmy, Amanda, Big T, those are your power rankings. Now let's talk predictions. We are up after last week's episode. Do 15 total season-long predictions. We will not be adding any more. There's too many. And at this point, adding another would just basically be, you know, saying something very obvious and easy to predict. Like, you know, Casey's going to make the final. Not not all that exciting of a prediction. All the stuff that could be exciting, who's going to win or anything like that, uh, is we've already put down. But we did get two more new ones correct uh, so to update the board, we now have one, two, three, four, five correct on the season. Tori would have five plus partners. Devin will make it further than Josh. That's a new one that we can mark correct. Josh and Amber will not make the final. We can now call that one correct. CT is going to be picked as a partner two plus times. Ruby team is the castoffs. Everyone wants off two plus Ruby team members will volunteer for elimination to make the switch. All five of those are right. The ones we got wrong, we said Ed would make the final. Nope. Anissa make the final. Nope. Fessy versus Vet targeted. Wrong. He did the targeting himself way back when. And we also said we will not see any more DQs for injury or fighting. And on technicality, we said Ashley's DQ counted against that. So we got that one wrong. Still in play. CT is going to win. Still feel good about that one. Devin will not see an elimination unless a rule or purge forces everyone to do so. Little nervous. There's only one left, but it feels like he might end up in it. The final challenge will be individual non-teams, as we've said over and over. I thought I was wrong the moment that came out of my mouth. CT and Tori will end up on the same team for the final. I continue to feel like that's maybe going to be my best of my bolder predictions for the season. I think that could still come true. Nani doesn't see an elimination. Still looking good. And then last week, we added the 15th and final. Nelson is going to fucking win. Let's go. Come on. Nelly T is going to get the win. He's going to win the season. I know we said CT is going to win maybe... Maybe Nelly T will go into that male elimination, pick CT's team. Maybe they'll both win. Maybe we'll get both of those right. But we're five and four with uh, one, two, three, four, five, six outstanding. That's where our predictions are. We're not adding any more. Too, too many to be made. Only a couple episodes left. So with that, that's all for this recap. Uh, it was an amazing episode. Uh, one of the best of the season. Uh, we we need it. We need a couple great ones heading into the closing stretch here. So glad we're getting them. 
as always, thank you guys all so much for being here. You can follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian so you don't miss anything. Wherever you are listening to this podcast currently, please, 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 please hit that follow button. If you are on Spotify, hit that subscribe. If you are on Apple Podcast, if you're on some other platform, I bet they have a button that's like says something to the effect of follow or subscribe. Hit it. That really, really helps us, and it helps you not miss any of the episodes. Three a week right now, so we will be back again pretty much probably released by the time you were listening to this, our All-Stars 2 episode 2 recap. So watch both seasons, listen to both recaps, catch back on Tuesday for our review preview extravaganza for the week. We've still got, let's see, episode 16, 17, 18, plus a reunion. Four more weeks after this one of double dipping challenge goodness. So much awesome stuff going on. So with that, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for being here. I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate all the support we've been getting for this pod on the Instagram, everything like that. So love you. Appreciate you. I will talk to you very soon. Peace.